Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of New Money with Spencer in Solo. I'm Solo Cisse, and today we have a very special guest joining us on the set. We have R&B legend Mario, and his fan base reaches all different types of people. So again, thank you guys for tuning in, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? I'm Spencer Dinwiddie. And I'm Solo Cisse. And this is New Money, brought to you by Coindesk. And today, we have a man that doesn't really need much introduction. I like the introduction. Oh, introduction? Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Mario, obviously, we all know the hit songs. I used to sing Let Me Love You to, to my shorties and stuff, so, you know, I had to do it. On that note, when is the sixth studio album coming out? Man, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's a process. It's like dimensions of working on projects. You know, you go through like 100, 200, 5,000 songs, you know, really? and you find out what you want your conversation to be. Right now, I've been yeah. focusing on more of the conversation about music versus just making hits. It's like, what do I want my fans, the world to know yeah. about me that they'll know already? And then sprinkle a few like, you know, hits in there in between that. Do you feel like yeah. when you take a lot of time to, to really build a project, obviously you get the quality of content that you want, but mm. ultimately do you think that when you're piecing together pieces of songs that you've been working through throughout, you know, months into a year context, what's that process like of like finding and discovering the, your messaging? It's interesting because when I listen to music that I did like over the past two years, I see how I've grown as a person. Yeah, yeah. So when you're constantly growing and like, you know, your, your potential is constantly chasing you as an artist, well for me. And so I always try to find that balance between great music, whether I did it a year ago and also current life situation yeah, yeah. and where, where the world is and, and what the conversation is. Got you. I mean, obviously, a lot of people say, like, artists want to be ballplayers, ballplayers want to mm-hmm. be artists, and you talk about... No, they say ballplayers want to be rappers. Rappers. <laughs> Not just artists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's like, big difference. Hey, <laughs> I, I don't really want to be a rapper. I'm, I'm more in the, the artist way. But, nah, just, just saying, like, because you talked about putting together, like, a comprehensive project. I mean, mm-hmm. I think attention to detail probably has to be something that, that is just paramount. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think more than ever today, attention to detail in all facets of business and music is so important because you're on a world stage. Yeah. You know, people literally can follow you from the studio to the release. Yeah. Like, they're judging how you release your record, what you yeah. were wearing when you released it, what you yeah. were saying in your interview, like, everything is critiqued and 
So it's really important just to know who you are as an artist yeah. and who your fan base is because everything is more exposed For sure. and more out and open. I feel like, you know, that's probably a lesser talked about part of it. You're talking about like the hyper, like, you know, critiqueness mm -hmm. of being an artist. And what has it been like being in the limelight? You've been in that forever, right? Yeah. How does that shape you? And you've grown in this. Yeah. So, I mean, I started before the Digital Crusade. It was really just more about the music yeah. and touring and paraphernalia, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. like merchandise and just really touching the people. You're like, you had to go on the road to do promo tour. Yeah. You were traveling from state to state on a bus, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Sitting down doing the interviews. Now you can do Skype or like Zoom or sure. they just start playing a record, like, you know, without you having to be there. But now you're touching your fans through social media yeah. or through platforms like what you guys created. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, I mean, on that note, like, how do you feel like, well, first let me ask, what social medias do you use the most, which are your favorite, but how do you feel like that has really impacted just the entire landscape? Um, the social media I use the most, I would say, is Instagram, yeah. right? Um, I've even backed off from that a little bit because I've been focusing more on business and focusing more on the creative side of things, yeah. um, just time-wise. And I noticed that when I was posting a lot, I wasn't getting the the, the interaction that I wasn't, and I started yeah. posting a little bit less, yeah. and I started getting more interaction. Yeah. So it was like, kinda you kind of got to give your fat, yeah, a chance to miss you, yeah. and then when you come back with something you, you've been working on, it's just more potent, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. yeah you touched on a, a very important keyword, right? It's like, you're focusing on like creator, right? Like, mm -hmm. and things like that. And so, obviously being an artist, like you've been a creator your entire life, obviously you're into acting and a lot of other things and stuff too, like, mm -hmm. in terms of like, ownership, IP, right? Like intellectual property, the uh -huh. stuff that you work on and stuff. Like, can you talk a little bit about what that's like in the music industry, right? Like you're an artist, uh -huh. like what are the economics of like how it yeah. goes from, you know, pen and paper to, you know, inspiration to then dollars, right? Right. right. Um, well, there's, there's multiple ways to make money as an artist. You know, you have the writing intellectual property, which I could write a song for you and nobody has to know who I am and make probably more money than you if you're not a touring artist. Right. Or you can be an artist who write your own songs, produce your own music and tour and make all of the money. Right. So there's multiple different ways to make money. Um, I find for me, it's kind of a balance of all of them because I'm a writer. I'm a performer. Yeah. I own my own music. Now I was nice. signed to a major, but now I'm independent. So I own my own masters, which reverts back to me after two, three years. You know what I'm saying? So I could sell my catalog if I wanted to and, you know, partner and sell it. But I don't, I don't believe in selling your full catalog. I'm yeah. like, hold on to some of your stuff. I tell them one of my homies of it. I say, hold on to some of your catalog. I know them M's look pretty, <laughs> yeah. but hold on to at least half of your catalog because you don't know what, what's going to happen in the next five to 10 years. 
No, yeah. and, and you kind of touched on it lightly in terms of social media. We have an app that we're building in, in, mm-hmm. on your intellectual property. Obviously, we're, we're in blockchain and crypto. Mm-hmm. And shoot, new money by CoinDesk. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, but how do you see that potentially, the blockchain space potentially uh, impacting the music industry, especially because you're somebody that obviously owns mm-hmm. um, your, your catalog? So. You know, from what I understand about blockchain, I look at everything kind of from the macrocosm to the microcosm. And I think that some of the most intelligent people and and people who actually influence the world the most look at things like that. So when I started understanding blockchain, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like the first DNA for technology. It's DNA, basically. The way you look at it is like you can mirror it to the way human DNA is. It's like it's these blocks and chains that carry information and it's locked into a certain sequence. And right, so you pretty much apply it to anything. I think the issue comes down to educating people on it and you kind of can alleviate the middleman, but at the same time, because one song, so many people have to get paid sometimes, you still have to have those societies that collect money. So it's about how do you get and figure out how to work all of those into the space and then what cryptocurrency do you use and what makes the most sense for for that space. I mean, so you, I think you, this is the beginning of yeah. it, of educating people. Yeah, right? I mean, you touched on a good point too, because like there's also going to be resistance from all those people that are currently getting paid. <laughs> Facts. Always. Right? Facts. Always. Because what blockchain does, now yeah. you can literally create a direct relationship from right. an exchange peer. standpoint sure. from yeah. fan to artist. Yeah. Whereas exactly. though the, the, the transact, oh, you like this song, you want to stream this song, you pay me directly, blockchain, you got that, right? But now, how do we pay the producer? How do we pay the writer? Everybody's not going to want to run their, sure. their business. Actually, one of the things that is good with where the technology is going, and because right. it's verified and trusted, mm-hmm. there are going to be uh, platforms that have the speed, scalability to be able to kind of like shoot off the fractional shares and the royalties mm-hmm. to those yep. individual wallets and, and things like that. So oh, everybody that's what can y'all get. That's what y'all doing? <laughs> that's what y'all doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. hey, look, I'm also going to plug one more partner, Hedera Hashgraph. They're one of the best uh, layer ones out there, but we can get into some of that later. Going forward into the future, that is something that we want to have I think, implemented. I, I think that it can be and will be a part of the future if once it's proven and people see it like on a mass scale, maybe it starts small, maybe it starts yeah. with just retail or something yeah, like that sure. so that the masses can exactly. understand it. And then now it's like, oh, now that the masses understand it, boom, what's it with the music? They love consuming music. Oh, it's exactly. the same concept? Yeah. Now we got it in me. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? One scary thing about it to me is, and I'm not a fearful person, but I experienced this, so I'm gonna speak on it. There was a specific, I don't want to speak on like super detail, but there was a specific couple of transactions I was making with cryptocurrency, right? And I literally, the money disappeared. Like it was a transaction that happened and I could not get it back. Really? Yeah. Well, we can talk about that, okay. But has yeah. that ever happened okay. to y'all before? Hey, it I mean, happened to me, so I, 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 I want to like hear about this yeah. off camera. I want to hear about this off camera Yeah, it was, it was sure. crazy, bro. And um, so I was like, all right, cool. Like, I mean, I'm going to just let it I think sit. That but just, like, I think that goes back to your point, though. It's the educational aspect yeah. of it, right? Like, it's, it's not purely just value. Facts. When you think about blockchain, it's a technology. It's not just money, digital money. No, it's facts. a very big part of it, Because you can use it in multiple different ways. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, for even someone like yourself that has a ton of IP and crazy fans, there's some collectible items that you have that can be brought to the blockchain that would catch fire, quite honestly. And I think that's kind of like what, the one thing that Spencer and I, and like obviously just like being in the space, but then also touching creators and like, you know, having shows like this and stuff and the discovery aspect of it is, you know, we see kind of both sides. Like we see the sides that trying to understand more about it. And then we also have had, you know, the ability to like 
be in the technology for a long time. Facts. So, um, so let me ask you guys a question. As you know, lovers of music, yeah. as a fan of music, how do you see yourself consuming music? Partner with the technology of blockchain. Like, how will blockchain make it easier for you as a music consumer? I know Spence got so, answers. No, so I'm gonna say one. You are the first person on our show that's asked us a question, which so is. That speaks to love being it, a wise it. man, because I say truly wise people know what they know and know what they don't know and, and are willing to ask questions and have a dialogue. I think for me, it actually comes down to the royalties. That's, to me, what will be the biggest thing, right? If you own your own music, but you know that you want to have like these other parties that need to get paid, uh -huh. but right now they're taking too much of the cut, major record labels, whatever. You have this same type of direct relationship, right, with NFTs and things like that, where you can get straight to your fan, but you also have that verified way where the other people can get paid mm -hmm. and everybody can see it on the blockchain so everybody knows that they're not getting screwed. You know what yeah. I mean? So but like yeah, publicly verifiable. Right, yeah. I think the issue would then come in is to how much, because that's ultimately what we're dealing with now with streaming services, right? Yeah. Before there was a standard in the industry of how much you would get on a project, what the yeah. royalty would be, but when you take it over to streaming, they just put it all into one pot and said, okay, $3 come off top and $7 goes to yeah. the artists, the publishing yeah. companies, yada, 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 right? So now switching that over to blockchain, it would now then have to be reconfigured to make sense Definitely. financially for artists that are signed to labels. I mean, artists that are not signed, it may be a little easier. That's going to be interesting because yeah. I don't know how flexible the major labels will be. Will they allow their artists to do exactly. it? Exactly. Now, yeah. for the independents, it's huge. hey, look, it's big we can get straight to the fan and, and, and get to this money. And so, but, but because the labels for now yeah. have a bigger monopoly on the industry yeah. because they have the catalogs of Definitely. like, you know, all the great artists. Definitely the standard would still have to come from them, unfortunately. So, it, it's something that's going to take time, right? Yeah, like, when you yeah. think about it, too, because, like, what you're pointing out, too, and it's great when you have these conversations, is, like, you're pointing to the idea of centralization, right? Like, mm -hmm. the yeah. fact that those entities right now, as it's currently structured, do control the way Facts. in which that we consume yeah. this stuff, right? But over time, that stuff can change. The same thing with social media. You know, at this point in time, people are reliant on their incomes from a third party like a YouTube or a TikTok or whatever and things like that. And so, like, you know, things like what we've worked on, creator platforms and, and other stuff to allow that peer-to-peer -peer relationship so the creator can own themselves and their IP and all that stuff uh -huh. could be brought into that same way. But to your point, talk a little bit about what you guys have created. Yeah, I mean, the... Card again? Galaxy. Galaxy, right? Yeah, yeah. so Creators Galaxy, Galaxy with a C. Shout out. But no, so... I start selling planets on there, so... Hey, Lil Uzi, buying a planet. Right. <laughs> Saw that. Uh, and go on that point, when you talk about major record labels or, or centralized parties like the NBA, so in 2018, when I started the process of tokenizing my contract, the NBA said no, right? And they didn't say no for necessarily the most valid reasons. It was more so like them being scared of me kind of like mm. doing some new stuff. And so they had kind of put out that they're going to kick me out the league and sue me and all, all right. this other stuff. And so it was some fear mongering in there. Now, point to the camera. Listen, the NBA is my partner now. We <laughs> do Dapper Labs and Top Shot together. Those are my people. I love you, Adam Silver. So if you're going to watch this clip, watch the entire clip. Don't soundbite me. But in 2018, it was a whole controversy over me getting into the technology. Wow. I had to kind of fight that battle and take some of those bullets. And I think it's going to take... You know, and, and Grant, I'm no, like, LeBron. Are you the first superstar. artist, like, yeah, the, the first basketball the player only, to do it. Was that so far? Only, only basketball player to do it. Wow. And so now you see some football players doing it with, like, partnering with FTX and doing different things. No, now, um, did you do your whole contract or part of it? I was yeah. going to do the whole thing. And okay. then when the NBA stepped in, it was like, 
No. Screw this. Yeah, uh, everybody got kind of scared, so I decided to do 10% of it. Okay. So we still did it. It went through. It's live now. It's, it's on blockchain. On Ethereum, you can look at it and see it and all that stuff. You just basically took 10% of your yeah. contract public. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, so, so the could, way basically yeah, exactly. it works is like from his perspective and, and it's when you think about monetization and creator platforms, the way you make money is like for him personally, he's able to unlock trap liquidity, which is like a fancy way of just saying like he has money in his contract that's coming later. Let's bring it to time zero. Got right? it. And he turned it into an investment vehicle. Got it. You know, you pay a certain amount of interest on it, but mm -hmm. it's usually very favorable. You know, his cash flows are publicly verifiable. People know how much he makes because he's in the NBA. And also right? you have bonuses um, and, exactly. and people right. play well. And exactly. You, they can kind of, it's about also including them in the journey too, mm -hmm. right? So like, not necessarily how mine works, but in the future as it continues to go, like let's say I hit 103 pointers in a season, and that's mm -hmm. some kicker, right? And now the fans also get to split this kicker with me. And so now they're like, wow. oh man, like I want Spencer to hit this three. Yeah. And so you get that engagement. And remember, like as an entertainer, both of us, I mean, obviously on different sides of right. the spectrum, but the fans are why we were able to do what we do. Thanks. Like if we didn't have fans, like if, if nobody watched NBA games, I would probably be in real estate or something. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, right. I would not be doing this, not full-time, at least I play in the park, but I wouldn't be able to make a full-time living if it weren't for the fans. And same way with music and, and, and acting, right? Like if they weren't watching your movies or watching your shows or listening to your music, then you'd have to pick another career or another endeavor. Like it may be a passion project, but you couldn't do it. So that was the whole premise of what we were doing and also what we're building on, on the app now too. It's about decreasing the barrier from creator to fan and whatever's special and important about you. So it could be singing or acting, it could be basketball, it could be, you know, a weightlifting class, because obviously he's buff as can be. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But just decreasing that, that barrier so you can have an authentic interaction and creators can get paid for that, where it's not a Instagram or YouTube or whatever it is, basically strangleholding that, that relationship and saying, well, you'll only get the pennies on the dollar that, or a label or yeah. the NBA will only, you'll only get the pennies on the dollar that, that you deserve. So gotcha. that's what it's about. Yeah, it's a lot of things. It could apply to the music industry and, and a lot of different other industries as well. So it's, yeah, it's, man, it's I mean, the digital art that could be created from the album art that you do. Like we see a lot of artists looking to try and do that and have come to us. With the, and, and the seeing, NFT space. NFT space. Yeah. Exactly, and stuff, and that stuff is going to be what helps people understand the technology. Be like, oh, it's not just this money I don't see or whatever. You know, it's it's a lot of different other things that technology can be. Is. Absolutely, I mean, it, it certainly is like something to really study and understand because artists, we spend a lot of time on our art, a yeah. lot of energy, a lot of thinking, a lot of processing what makes sense, and a lot of times it takes a while to actually see that come to fruition. Especially during the quarantine, it was like, yeah. man. It, it, it was kind of, we were stuck in that like space of like, how do we really ensure that the time we're investing makes sense right now? So you saw a lot of artists pull back and just sit on creating music. Yeah. One thing actually out, you know? too is, I know that we've had the time to talk for a while and stuff like that, but like with stepping back from blockchain for a second in yeah. terms of like your business endeavors and all that yeah. stuff, right? Like what you've been up to, right? Like talk to us about what you've been doing like outside of the studio. Like yeah, what are your passion yeah. projects outside? So a lot of the projects I've been focusing on, some are in the medical space, um, without like blasting it out because I kind of want to stay behind the scenes on some of the things I'm doing. Health and wellness is something that I've been passionate about for a very long time. A lot of my family members passed away from, you know, colon disease or like yeah. drug use, you know, those types of things. So, you know, I really pride myself on being someone who's aware of his health and, you know, want to help people that just want to stay healthy and live a healthy life and sustaining their health over a period of time, no matter what's going on in the world. So I've been focusing on building some things in that space, uh, the real estate space, out even outside of the country, 
building like some relationships and some Amazing. some partnerships. There you go. That's yeah. Daytime. Yeah, because I feel like um, we focus so much on the culture in the U.S. as artists and you know as people. Like it's so consumptive, yeah. consumes you. Like you get caught up into it. But this the world is such a big place. Yeah. And when you start traveling and you start seeing like how other places are coming up, it's like, and they invite you, they want sure. us to come there, yeah. you know, so focusing on maybe move, moving some of my bread and doing some things in that space. I enjoy building communities, yeah. you know, the concept of building community. Yeah. Coming from Baltimore, Maryland, which is a very tight community, but it's very unhealthy. So yeah. my goal is to help go back there and help build structures that are healthier for people, also centers that where people can go and get help. You know what I'm saying? In terms of just health awareness, next level of understanding the frequency of the body, yeah. and how it works and how you can self-heal, things of that nature. So that's some of the things I've been working on. Also writing a book right now called Life in Exchange that I'm really excited about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's uh, the principle of the yeah. book? High yeah. level. Yeah, high yeah. level. So life, life in Exchange, basically, it started as a memoir to my cousin. He moved to LA for like six months with me. And his mindset completely shifted from Baltimore. He moving out here, more chill space. Yeah. It's like more vast, you can find peace out here easier, yeah, sure. you know what I'm saying? So he basically was asking me, why is it so hard to do the same thing at home, yeah. right? And so I started writing this, basically a paragraph to him, and then it turned into a book, bro. Like, life in exchange is like, life gives you an experience, you respond to it, yeah. how you respond to it pretty much sets up what the next phase of your life is going to be, you yeah. know? So that's kind of the concept of it. But I talk about everything from eating to mindset, awareness, frequency bandwidths, like all that type of stuff. I but mean, in a way where people yeah. can understand it and digest it. I mean, to me, that's super powerful. And, you know, we just now really got to speak off camera, like kind of sort of for the first time, but there's a yeah. lot of similarities just in terms of thought process and it's dope to hear a lot of these things. Yeah. I recently uh, tore my ACL and had mm -hmm. a pretty fast recovery about five months, but you know, that's an important part of that. Train every day, obviously, but mindset, to your point, frequency thought process, like how you approach it every day, right? Like what you're feeding, you know what I'm saying? Not, I'm spiritual as well, but not just the universe, but obviously higher power, all that stuff. Like yeah. how you approach every single moment and challenge, which way it sounds like your book's also speaking Absolutely, to. Absolutely, bro. But it's it, like you're important. speaking to yourself. I wrote it in a way where I'm kind of speaking to myself, but it's also, I'm not dictating yeah. anything. Yeah. It's more like I'm sharing something that I just learned today. And I hope that you can relate to it yeah. type of vibe. And, yeah. and I think you also speak to, you, you mentioned the world, right? There's mm -hmm. what, seven and a half, um, just under eight billion people. Mm -hmm. We have 350, 400 million in America. Mm -hmm. And so you talked about it being consumptive. Like sometimes people get out and thinking like this 400 it's million or crazy. so people yeah. are all there are in the world. When, when you really think about it, the number eight billion is so much it's, it's, larger. It's, it's huge, that. man. Yeah. It's so many different like perspectives and so many different systems that affect how people think in society, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think that we're all doing in this generation is we're taking control yeah. of not only our lives, but how we influence the world, right? So taking that step forward, you being the first NBA player to, to do what you did in the cryptocurrency space with, yeah. with your deal, like, that's big, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's dope, bro. It's, you, uh, you took well for the team. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You and, <laughs> and, you know, so... And, <laughs> <laughs> Not just one. <laughs> he said took a few. Nah, man, but it's, you know, it's our duty to take our visions and be fearless in our pursuit yeah. to not only learn more, but to yeah. put it in motion. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, no. 
who are going to be the new leaders, like real leaders yeah. of any area of any genre. You know what I'm that's saying? That's love. I mean, I think, too, also just like people that look like us, too. Like, that's a very big part of Listen, it, too. Listen, it's huge. Completely different part of it. But also, you know, too, this is new money. Right. And so I think tacking on to like kind of the other stuff that you do outside the studio, I'd be curious to know, like kind of what do you think about your portfolio? Like investments have you like to see? Like kind of what do you really look at? There's things that I like in the crypto space or in the space of like even investing in other artists, investing in in art, for example. There's a few places where I've like placed my money just to kind of like things that I'm interested in, but I'm not passionate about like art. I'm not passionate about art. I like art, but I've invested That's in art, though. and then That's over the fair. past like three or four years, like I've made great money investing in art and then letting it sit. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's better than having your money sitting in the bank. That's how I look at it, right? Sure. But things that I'm passionate about, building communities, like I said before, investing in myself as an artist, of course. Yeah, you know, I spend a lot of money in my own art, and I do see returns more than I would see being signed with a label. The crypto space, I'm not fully invested in it. I do have some portfolios, but I haven't studied it enough to understand yeah. how do I really make money in this space, yeah. like on a major sure. scale, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I think uh, that authenticity is key, right? So you talked about the art space and you said, you know, I'm not super passionate, but I have been yeah. able to partner with people that have given me a crash course. I yes. got, got some art here. It worked out for me. Crypto space, like I'm dabbling in it, but you know, like it, it's not something that I'm super well versed in. Like all that stuff, when we're talking about the education process, especially for people that are like us, I think sometimes, you know, we're not vulnerable enough. And, and I know that's sometimes a buzzword, but uh -huh. to say like, hey, like I'm in this, but I don't really know what I partner but with like, this okay, person. But like, okay, for yeah. example, like how does one, okay, when it's a new space, yeah. when you first got into it, for yeah. example, you may have this person you trust as a pain, yeah. that per but how do you know without taking a risk on your yeah. own if their opinions are valid. So, so, so how do you make money before you, uh, have before, to, uh, before you deploy before you your capital? Uh, <laughs> nah, so honestly. Because you, you asked I, someone, I, I right? I took the bullets. Okay. So this is a little anecdote. When I used to look at markets as a kid, mm -hmm. um, and not saying that I like analyzed them and broke them down or anything like that, but I would be like, okay, the bond market was created in what year? The stock market in what year? Like, you know, things like that. And I'd be like, why can't I be a part of something that is you know new like yeah. the dot com boom all that stuff like you know even if Facts. I make it to the NBA and make hundred million dollars whatever that ten percent or eight percent that I'm supposed to get in the stock market it'll keep me going mm -hmm. but it's not going to take me to Rockefeller right. status right so I wanted to be a part of something that was the vanguard or or something new so when this came up and I had only put in like Vegas gambling money it wasn't nothing crazy I rode the crash up wrote it down I took the lumps I invested in BS. Obviously had predominantly a lot of Bitcoin, uh -huh. but I listened to podcasts or podcasts. Like I would be on the team plane uh -huh. listening to podcasts while I was watching game film. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'd fall asleep, podcast still running. And so for me, it was just diving in two feet, getting as well versed as possible. And then what happened was, as I started to talk about it, and this is before I had a ton of money in it, right? Right. Like, as I started to talk about it, you just end up organically meeting some of those people. Because yeah. they say, wait, hold on, you're an NBA player talking about Bitcoin? Right. What's going on? And, then I, and I'll come to them and tell them, like, look, I only got in this space two months ago, mm. like, but I've learned X, Y, Z. Can you tell me more? And then they give you a little bit of advice. And then you get to the next conversation. I've, I've been in this space now for six months. Mm -hmm. and I've learned about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah. What do you have to tell me? And then you, you keep going. You make those connections. And now, you know, we've been blessed to know, like, some of the biggest in the space, like Roham, who's the leader of Dapper Labs and stuff like that. So the people that you say are biggest in the space, are these people who have been in since inception like it since it was a toddler 
Uh, yeah, these people uh, who are them. coming in later, like because no, no, no. so some of them have like been in since the the beginning, like oh, yeah. 2012 and yeah. stuff like that. And you know, the owner of FTX who just uh, raised 900 million dollars at an 18 billion dollar valuation, like people like that who are doing astronomical numbers and phenomenal things. And so once you kind of verify that you're interested, you're willing to learn, you're willing to kind of take your lumps, and you start getting those type of partners and influence then like it started to kind of really just roll down here because okay. also too is like even the last point too on that in general i think any good person that makes financial investments or anything like that you got to be agnostic you know at the beginning when you're learning about it you can't get overwhelmed and like why does this thing work why does it not work it's more like i need all the information in front of me to make then a proper decision if but someone came to me right now and told me that bitcoin crypto blockchain all that stuff didn't make sense highly unlikely right there's I've been in the space enough to have seen enough to have gone down the path of wanting to commit to it. I want to know that. Like, I want to know your contrarian opinion. Exactly. Like, do you make sense? I want to know that because I got money in it, right? So yeah, like, no, you facts. have to be agnostic to that at that point so that you can, you know, make those rational decisions. Well, I'm definitely yeah. going to pick you guys' brain more off camera about it. And, yeah. you know, I'm inspired to step in more and, like, you know, learn more. One of the things that I wanted to mention earlier that I forgot is the CBD space. Yeah. And not so much plant medicine but yeah. like CBD and like vaping and wanting to incorporate healthier forms of vaping. So I'm working on a company right now that I'm partnering with and we're gonna, we're gonna be doing both, but like I'm primarily working on the, the healthier part of it. Yeah. So that's something exciting I forgot to mention earlier. So, no, yeah. and, I, and I honestly think like that's probably the, the best place to wrap. I mean, we, we see that we, uh, you know, have your commitment to dive in with us on blockchain cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah. You have my commitment in, in terms of hearing about health and, and the CBD space and what you're yes, doing sir. in terms of Can't wait, saying, man. making it healthier. Yes, so Thank y'all for having I'm me, I'm in bro. this. Appreciate uh, you guys. Yes, and again, this is New Money, brought to you by Coindesk. I am Spencer Denwee. This is Mario, my co-founder, Solo Cisse, and we are signing out. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.